Hello, and welcome back to Crest in the Afternoon. I am Pat Odie Murray. I am subbing for Al today. He's dealing with some other business for Ave Maria Radio. And I want to just let you know that EWTN offers a variety of prayers for all of your spiritual needs during Lent and beyond. You can find them at EWTN.com slash pray. Our next guest um, is, he wrote a great, this is is something I struggle with as I think about this stuff and teach with it, so I'm so excited to talk to him about it. It's Philip Campbell. He's a history teacher for Homeschool Connections and the author of many books on Catholic history, most notably the Story of Civilization series from Tan Books. You can learn more about his books and classes on his website, www.philipcampbell.net. Philip resides in southern Michigan, and we're going to be talking about an article uh, that he wrote called Catholic Guilt is Not a Thing. Welcome, Philip. Hi, I'm glad to be here, Pat. Nice to talk to you. Oh, hey, I love this article. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> first of all, because I usually tell my moral theology students guilt is not a bad thing. Um, <laughs> so, but what I, I when I looked at the title, you took it in a direction that I wasn't quite ready for. So I thought, ooh, this is good. Um, you talk about um, the idea of individual and collective responsibility. And um, and I just want to tell the the audience. Um, you say you know that a, a society um, can only be as good and wholesome as the people who comprise it. Um, and but you also go on to say, on the other hand, individual virtue is not always sufficient to overcome the hurdles of systematic injustice. Um, I must admit. Philip, I struggle with this concept, and I usually am not very balanced, and I usually fall on the side of the moral individual. So why did you approach it from that stance? Well, I started thinking about, you always hear people making these quips about Catholic guilt when they feel bad about something. Yeah. You know, they'll be like, oh, you know, I was raised Catholic, Catholic guilt, or it's it's a trope in Hollywood. And I started thinking, you know, I, that's not really a, a thing, but where does, where does this uh, come from? And um, I took the approach I did because in the Catholic tradition, there's this beautiful balance between our individual responsibility to pursue holiness and virtue, but also to project that outwards into society, to build a just society, mm-hmm. to, uh, to, to manifest the Lord's kingdom here in, in the world, the, the earthly kingdom of Christ, right? Right. And the, the traditional Catholic, uh, the Catholic tradition has such a beautiful balance of this, where the two are kind of stressed harmoniously. That's why we have two great commandments, right? To love mm-hmm. the Lord our God above all things, which is referring to our personal relationship with the Lord and how we approach Him, but then also to love our neighbor as ourselves, which is where all our social obligations flow from. Right. And if we have a balanced spirituality, then we understand that it's possible for us to sin against God directly, and we can also sin against our neighbor, too, because we have obligations to God I- individually, and then we have obligations to society, right? Uh-huh. Um, but what I found was that as time goes on throughout history, the more we move into modernity, more and more you find people starting to stress the collective over the individual. Yeah. People start looking at problems structurally, like this really comes from materialism, yeah. This idea that if everybody just has the right education, you know, right. if we have the right programs in place, if we start them reading early enough, then we can eliminate human evil, right. you know? So every problem becomes a structural problem, a, a collectivist problem, a, a social problem. And really people stop caring about 
uh, or I should say they care less about the sorts of sins that our ancestors would have worried about, like, am I a prideful person? Do I look at people with lust? Mm-hmm. Am I, y- you know, yeah. these things, right. that, things that are harder to quantify socially. Yeah. And today, when we talk about these things, we say, like, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm trying to not be as lustful in the way I look at people, or I'm trying to not be as pr- envious. Mm-hmm. People, th- people say, well, what good is that's just a neurotic focus on your own flaws. Right. That's just uh, that's your Catholic guilt. Right. Why don't you focus on climate change and on solving poverty and on these things that are quantifiable? Right. So what I go at in the article is that the, the people mocking the idea of Catholic guilt really reflects moderns um, shying away from really giving any consideration to individual sins and focusing only on collective ones. Right. So, Philip, is is it possible to change an, a social institution without the individuals changing? I don't think it's possible to change an institution without the individuals changing. Um, we've seen this everywhere where, where we will try to, you know, our own country has a history of we go into other countries and we try to give them institutions that we have. Right. right? Right. That have seemed to work for us. And then shock, they don't work in the other countries mm-hmm. um, because they have different personal ethics and different social systems and whatnot. So you need personal virtue to make these systems work. But on the other hand, the personal virtue alone isn't going to be enough. I think it's a I think it's a minimum requirement, obviously, for mm-hmm. something to be functional. But like I said in the article, even the best athlete fails if the game is unfairly stacked against him, right? Right. So there is systemic problems where you look in the structure of things and say this is fundamentally unjust and something beyond just personal virtue is needed. Now, maybe that personal virtue, ideally, that rises up to the degree that it, it bubbles over into right. social change, right? Right. That's the ideal, I think. Yeah, because in my head, I keep coming back to, well, somebody made the rules. Somebody created the system. You know, it, so it, I guess that's why I, I so struggle with this. Just I'm just talking from a personal stance, you know, that yeah. I, I struggle with that concept because it always comes down to the people who are running it. <laughs> you know, it's the people making the rules. It's the people running you know. Yeah, but the systems sometimes have an independent existence that's bigger than the individuals that are caught up in them, you mm-hmm. know. There's there's sometimes a a whole wall of bureaucracies and uh, and systemic arrangements that are bigger than the individuals. Now you're right; they were designed by people. People run them at different points, right? But they're often beyond the scope of any one person to change. And this is why we keep getting into this idea of like every election cycle we go through it. If we just get the right people in, <laughs> then we can we can fix everything. Mm-hmm. And getting the right people in can go a long way, right? Uh, but it's not going to take you all the way, right? At a certain point, you have to look at the structure and say, what do we need to, to change here? Okay. Okay. So I, w- I want to go to um, your idea because you talk about um, Chesterton and, and that happiness uh, can be achieved with economic on, and political reforms. You're talking about, you know, this is yeah. what modernity tells us kind of. Do you think part of the issue um, with with this whole thing of guilt is that we don't have a good understanding of happiness? Yeah, I absolutely think that's that's correct. Um, we see guilt as just a uniformly bad thing. Right, <laughs> where, yeah. Like if I'm guilty that something must be wrong. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, if, if, if I'm feeling guilty, then something's probably going right. It means that I have a functioning conscience that tells me <laughs> that I, like I have that. done something that uh, 
that is out of keeping with my principles, you know, right. um, or that is objectively wrong. So that's sort of, we have a functional conscience, you know, so there's nothing wrong with, with feeling guilty uh, about something. And like I said in the article, there's nothing wrong with introspecting our conscience, with recognizing our flaws, and with taking responsibility for them. These things are all perfectly healthy. Yes. And that's why when people, when people kind of speak derisively, like, oh, Catholic guilt, like you all are neurotically guilty. Wow. It's like, no, we're not neurotically guilty. Now, we might be neurotic, but not neurotically guilty. <laughs> right. It doesn't have to do with Catholicism. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it's just that we don't have, we don't have this grounding in, in virtue and a morality of happiness anymore. Yeah. We're only thinking of things in like a structural collectivist sense. And so these questions relating to virtue, personal happiness, culpability on an individual level, they don't really make sense to culture anymore. And you see more and more, even when somebody uh, commits a very heinous crime, you see more and more interest in trying to, uh, I guess, point out like, well, they had this, you know, they had this upbringing and they went through this and maybe, you know, kind of like almost treating it like in a deterministic way. Right. Um, Like they couldn't help themselves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like they couldn't help themselves. So it's like we're moving further and further from even understanding these basic categories that were so self-evident to our ancestors. Yeah, and and I mean, when we talk about kind of, because and I notice this in my classes that I teach, it takes my students a long time to get the concept that happiness is not a feeling, you know, that right. when we talk about it philosophically. Um, and, and so it, it would make sense, right, that if, if you think happiness is just feeling good, um, then I don't want to feel bad, <laughs> you know. And, and when I when I think about my flaws, I'm just not all that excited, you know. <laughs> so you yeah, can, yeah. And, and conversely, um, repenting of our sins isn't necessarily a feeling either. I mean, guilt often accompanies contrition, right? Right. Um, if we feel bad, but it doesn't. Any priest will tell you that people struggle sometimes where they say, I'm repenting of this sin, I'm going to confession, but I don't necessarily feel all these guilty feelings. And the priest will say, you know, the contrition is about is about understanding what you did was wrong yeah. and resolving not to do it again. Yeah. If you feel guilty, then you feel guilty, and if you don't, then you don't. But there's really too much emphasis in general on the emotional end of it, whether for good or bad, and you make an excellent point that if we associate happiness with feeling good, then if I don't feel good, if I don't feel happy, then something must be wrong. Yeah. I must have a, a, a problem, right? Right. And that's just simply a very inadequate way to, to look at the human condition. One of the best pieces of advice I ever heard years ago was when somebody told, I don't remember who told me, but just kind of getting it through my head that feelings aren't you know, good or bad. They're just indicators of what's going on, like the temperature. You uh, know? Like, yes. It's just, it's just what's going on inside. And it's really what you do with the feelings and how you internalize them that makes the difference, not the fact that you're experiencing guilt or experiencing happiness. Right. Because I think part of, of when you do feel guilty about something, it is a reflective time for you to see, should I be feeling guilty, right? I mean, is this, yeah. have I done something, you know, or is it just something, you know, stupid? I, I didn't mean to do something <laughs> or it wasn't even, I, you know, I, there is no reason for me to feel guilty, you know. Um, but but that takes reflection. And so you have to look at what you're feeling in order to know what is the appropriate response. Exactly. You have to you have to examine yourself what we you know, you have to do an examination of conscience, you know, look at your motives. And this is one of the beautiful things that our faith teaches us is that our motives 
matter, like the reasons we do things matter. Yes. And in the world today, motives almost don't mean anything. Yeah. You know, like, uh, like, like if you do a good thing, I mean, Christ is very clear that if you do a objectively good thing, but with a bad motive, mm-hmm. then for you, that's, that's bad. That's not something that you merit from, right? right? If you're doing good, for example, so that people might speak well of you, like the Pharisees, mm-hmm. that's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, I don't think people even take account into that, yeah. uh, take that into account. If, if I'm doing something that looks good, and I'm doing it for egotistical purposes or narcissistic purposes, Nobody really cares about that because, like I said, that's too individualized, that's too internalized, and they don't care about virtue um, or the motives. So it's it's all out of whack. Yeah. And so I guess where this comes down to with the article is it's not that Catholics are neurotically obsessed with guilt. It's that the world culture at large has kind of fallen off the teeter-totter, <laughs> and we look like we're off balance because they've fallen off. Yeah, I love that last line. That is one of the best lines I've ever read. The world has fallen off the teeter-totter. It's a great line. And I think this, you know, this whole idea is certainly... Um, you know, everything in our in our faith makes us kind of look at that and, and take responsibility for what we've did. And and you're mm-hmm. right, the world doesn't push us in that way at all. It gives us excuses. It does. It does. Oh <laughs> uh, well, but, Phil, go ahead. I was just going to say, but we're in Lent, so we're in the perfect season for redressing that. Yes, we are. And I want to thank Phil Campbell for being with us. We were talking about his article, Catholic Guilt is Not a Thing. I'm Pat Odie Murray, setting in for Al Cresta today.